0: Welcome to the Samabid podcast. I'm Kemper. Hello, I am Toby. And uh, no, joining Brandon. us via f- oh, there we go. There he Brandon is. just jumped right in. Sorry, um, right. greedy. Yeah, <laughs> if you are watching this on uh, on YouTube, uh, Brandon is is not invisible. He's joining us via phone, so
1: he's right here. You just can't see him. <laughs> we masked him out.
2: I'm on a spiritual plane.
1: Yeah, there Both you
2: go. A, so a tune in for our uh, premiere how tutorials
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right so today we are going to be going over some of the rumored releases of 2021 from kind of the big five camera companies there's quite a bit of stuff
0: yeah i think we're just calling it the the 2021 camera prediction
1: show camera predictions we're going to be making something like that bold spec predictions about different cameras I definitely think Canon's gonna release a 12K camera this year. I mean, it <laughs> blew us away last year. Let's see that 12K this year. Oh. Probably 16K actually. Oofta. They gotta have one up black magic, I guess. But we do have a couple <laughs> of interesting news notes before we get going. Yep. Leica just announced a new camera. They announced the Leica SL. S SL2S SL2S so okay Wow. here a, we go A7S 2 or A7S3 competitor it is meant to be a budget friendly $5000 <laughs> um 24 megapixel uh 4K 10-bit 422 up to 60p uh hybrid camera and it has ibis and pixel ship pixel shift technology and four gigabytes of internal memory it's got a lot of different stuff going on but maybe the most impressive spec is apparently it shoots bursts up to 25 frames per second wow okay so
0: leica's jumping because leica's always been like low on the spec but high on the quality like that's been their thing but it seems like they're um they're focusing on on specs here. This is some interesting. So, and the internal, the four gigabyte of internal memory is interesting. Four gigabytes, not it. That's not really enough to do anything with. I
1: guess. I mean, if you forgot your really, SD card, which I've totally never done, it could be useful. Yeah, never once. <laughs> yeah,
2: I actually. <laughs> think- I um don't hate the idea though because I. I mean, I think camera companies really should move to at least having a certain amount of in-camera memory, and then you know you can still plug in SD cards or QXD or something, but I actually wish other companies would do something similar. Just, you know, not four gigabytes and not $5,000.
0: Right. I mean, I, yeah, I, and I think Tony northrop has been calling for this. I just think it makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. like your buffer would be so much better. Cause like you could have it just soldered straight, the memory soldered mm-hmm. straight to the motherboard. Like it just well, would be
1: super fast. And in this case, it's saying that you can shoot unlimited, You can uh, shoot unlimited continuous stills at nine frames per second.
0: Oh, and that's what they're Uh, using that for. that's what they're using
1: that for. I actually don't even know if you can just shoot straight to that. I I hope you can. Uh, Like if you didn't have an SD card, it would be a bailout. You could shoot at least like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, four gigabytes. You could probably get like 120 images out of that. Oh,
0: probably more with 24 megapixels.
1: Yeah. So um, it's an interesting camera. I think that uh, Brandon will be switching very soon. Yep. Um, you know he's always wanted a Leica. I think. Yep, naturally.
2: <laughs> so uh, and then camera with a uh, Sigma thirty-five one two.
1: Yeah, you could put that on there. <laughs> that uh, that would be a uh, six thousand dollars set setup sixty five hundred. Yeah, yeah sixty five a little under,
2: but well yeah. with tax probably not under. But Ufda.
1: they also announced. Maybe it's not new. It didn't really say it was new, but a Leica vlog profile. So uh, it does have pretty fully featured video specs. I mean, it's it's doesn't shoot 4K 120.
0: I mean, 4K, 10-bit, 422 2, up to 60p, like a year ago, that would have sounded like a monster.
1: Uh, yeah, it would so.
0: have.
2: Well, I also think this is kind of maybe, not to get into Sony too much, but I would guess the A7... Um, the A7IV might have a similar-ish spec out, maybe maybe a little bit better or worse because it's not like a. but, you know.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to get to that um, in a minute when we're indeed. hitting our predictions hard. But first, we have to talk about, speaking of overly expensive, outrageous... Things I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things Well, Okay, Toby wants them. But I I don't know. So the Apple surprise announced the AirPods Max. First off, we need to talk about that being the worst name ever. For some reason, with this announcement, the word AirPods has jumped out to me, and I was, as like this ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you know they should have come up with another name other than AirPods. I mean, I understand it's their their headphone line, but like if you want to. Take something, if you want to spend $550, which is how much these things cost, mm-hmm. just just bonkers. Um, considering that the Sony competition can be had for $250. Mm-hmm. Like, it's $350 on the worst day, but they had them for $250. You know, you can find them. So, um, anyway, I just, uh, these things are very, they're interesting, but it kind of feels... I don't know. It doesn't seem like a great um, PR move for Apple right now. I don't know.
1: They did sell out like we're not ex- uh, on El- pre-orders, pre-orders. They did. Instantly. They sold out on pre-orders. They did. Yes. You cannot, uh, you will not be able to get them. I, I think you won't even be able to get one this year anymore. You Interesting. pre-order. What do you I mean, think, did? Sorry.
2: Uh, sorry. Um, I don't really hate them. Like, I think it's cool. I think the price tag's a little expensive, but they look really nice. Like, they look pretty sexy, actually. Um, And if the quality is there, like, especially over the uh, pros and you have a lot of substance, they look like they'd be way more comfortable. And I'm sure that's why they're doing it. They had to release something that people don't want in their ear. Like, it just goes around your ear. Right, Um, right. Mm -hmm. And they
0: have, like, I'm sure the audio is absolutely amazing from what I've heard. It's Mm -hmm. It's outstanding, and um, I do think it's interesting that you have the thing where um, it's the $30 um, USB, excuse me, lightning to 3.5-millimeter jack
1: mm-hmm. so
0: that you can plug them into a computer, and it, it's not charging, obviously. Three three 3.5-millimeter can't support charging. Yeah, but, exactly. So you can't charge them and have them plugged into your computer at the same time. Like, you're kind of forced to run off battery. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And that's actually not super, a lot of headphones will let you not use the battery and run off a 35, uh, 3.5 millimeter because it just, it doesn't actually need uh, a lot of power to operate. But these don't let you do that. Right. Um, And that's what Kemper was saying. Um, The reasons why I think that this is somewhat of a compelling product is. You know, if they if they really are comfortable and you can wear them for six hours straight, I have a, an issue where my uh, right ear gets pretty sore after just a couple of hours of wearing over ears. It's just very frustrating for me. Mm. Uh, so if I could wear them for six hours and and then it would start to happen or maybe it didn't happen at all, that's worth quite a bit for me. The amount of, if they've been able to limit latency, so maybe you could, Edit wirelessly with these headphones. It seems like they're not paying a ton of attention to uh, the corded wired experience. So uh, maybe these headphones will be good for that. I mean, I've not really seen any reviews yet. People have barely gotten their hands on it at this point. Um, But I could totally see spending that much money on headphones like this if I felt like I had that much expendable income. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully sometime next year, I'll be able to give them a, give them a try.
0: Yeah. This is the first Apple release in a while that actually is not compelling me that much. Like, you know, if they were, you know, $150, $200 cheaper, then I might be a little bit more interested, but I just, I just, I don't, I kind of don't see getting 550, you know, over 600 after taxes. Like we're really looking at like $615 headphones, right? And like, I just, I'm trying to see getting that much value out of them considering how, like, if I wanted a pair of overhears, I could get something that's pretty close with even more features. Um, but you know, you don't have that Apple experience, but you know, part of the convenience of AirPods is that, you know, you can take them everywhere with you so easily. Like that's part of what makes like my AirPods Pro so essential to me is that I can take them everywhere with me super easily. And these aren't, they mean they're portable, obviously, but you know, I'm not going on a run with them. I'm not going to just wear them around while I'm working, have one in while I'm, you know, working on something or, you know, They do have the
1: awareness feature. So technically speaking, you could just have them on and still hear what's going on.
0: Right. I mean, that, that is, that is nice. Your
1: AirPods you have now have this same feature. Right. But. Um, I, I think that it, it comes down to the details if it they actually do sound incredible I mean I definitely like music enough to just hang out and listen to music and get value out of that I don't know how much you like doing that or not yeah <laughs> um, I, uh, and you know I wear headphones all the time and uh, it would I wouldn't mind spending this much if there's the value there of audio quality and uh, easy to use. I mean, 20 hours of battery life that doesn't sound like I I think that to some people, since the Sonys do have 30 hours of battery life, it doesn't sound like the absolute most, but uh, you're not going to run into that battery limit very often unless you just, I guess, don't charge it for like a week and a half, then they might die. Right. I don't know. Right. It's kind
0: of in that, um, that uncanny Valley of charging, where you have to charge it just like you have to charge it infrequently just enough, you know where it's like you actually will run into a situation. Um, like for instance, like an, another example of that is that I've been doing was with the Ninja V. like the battery on that lasts longer than my camera battery. so I'm in a lot less of a rhythm of of uh, like tracking the battery on that. Mm. and uh, like all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, no battery, like you know gotta switch it out. Mm. And, uh, you know, whereas I, I never let that happen with my, uh, with my camera just because I know how long it'll go. And it's, it's not that long, you know, mm. in the grand scheme of things, The, the r fives well, battery is okay, but
2: yeah, it's not like one of those things where you charge it every night. Like, I think we're so used to that. And this is like one of those things where it
1: falls out of that category. I mean, where you, you're not plugging like you can, I oh, guess sorry. if you really wanted to,
2: yeah, uh, true. I just don't know if you'd get in the rhythm of it though. Like I'm in the rhythm of charging my computer every night and charging my phone every night and charging my AirPods every night. Honestly, kind of charging my battery, not every night, but every time I use it, I just charge the battery back up cuz, you know, normally I make enough of a dent in it that you need to. So, right, right. But I don't know if you'd do that with these.
0: Yeah, 20 hours. Yeah, you would you'd feel freedom and then, you know, you'd be getting on a plane and realize that you have one hour left
1: do you run into battery life problems with the case on your airpods
0: um no but i also
1: charge it every night
0: i throw it on i have a um a uh uh not what
1: is it the Oh, one of the wireless chargers. Yeah. Wireless chargers. Yeah. Oh, nice. So I just stick it on there and that's a very similar amount of battery life as what these have. Interesting. I I guess I hadn't thought of that, but
0: that is very similar. Yeah.
1: Once you factor in, I've, I've actually run into trouble in the past with my uh, Powerbeats pro the case running out of battery because you leave it in your bag. Um, And I had to get more into the rhythm of at least charging it a couple times a week. Uh, but I know a lot of people, and I used to do this when I had my AirPods before I lost them in Wyoming. Um, it's a story for a different day, but... Uh,
2: Check out the blog.
1: <laughs> before I lost them in Wyoming, uh, I did charge those every day. So I think there is a weird thing that you're pointing out here where there is certain devices. It's just, it clicks. You charge them every day, even if you wouldn't actually have to, because oh, yeah. I did that with my AirPods. I had a charger by my bed that I plugged them into, um, but I've, I've, even since I, I lost the AirPods, I've struggled with the power beats, just not plugging them in. Cause that yeah. case is huge and it lasts forever, but I still have it die sometimes. So right. anyway, we probably have, a, spent uh,
0: spent enough time on the, uh, giving our hot take on the AirPods yeah, max, a, AirPods
1: pro max, Air, Air no, AirPods, and then it's just max, AirPods max. it, but it, it does almost Mark sound 3. better that it's AirPods pro max almost sounds better than AirPods max.
0: Yes, I agree. Probably because the phone is do called the Pro a, Max.
2: They're going to do like they're going to do a really like um, even more professional version of them and they're going to be called the Apple AirPods Pro Max. And then they're going to do a Mark 2 and a Mark 3, so it'll be the <laughs> Apple AirPods Pro Max Mark 2.
1: Yeah, and it's oh, going boy. to be $2400. right, exactly. Like 24. other moder- monitoring headphones. All right. So like we did on our other show for the biggest wins and losses of the camera industry in 2020, uh, I set this up so we could go through the camera brands in alphabetical order. Uh, so the first brand here at the top is Canon, and they have rumored of uh, like five new RF mount Stills hybrid bodies coming out, uh, which is a lot for one year.
0: Yeah, We've got they're going to replace... It looks like they're going to replace the RP, which is good because the RP was underpowered for sure. And then it looks like they might replace the EOS R.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what it's looking like. Uh, there's a potential replacement for the EOS R. I guess that... I mean, they do have a gap, that 30 megapixel camera. Right now it goes from 20 to 45. That's quite a gap. So they may be thinking... 30 Put another yeah. 31 in there. I don't know. You I don't think know. it's going
2: to be more like the a seven. Cause I don't think the R six is really like an equivalent to the a seven series. Do you think it'll be more like an a seven series camera?
0: What, what do you mean? Not equivalent? Like, Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying the the R six is a little above like the a seven three. Um, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Just yeah. Like, and, kind of different like more video focused and more lower megapixels but like for a reason where the A7 is I don't know I guess I don't know it just seems different
0: no yeah I mean I, I think that, that it probably is going to be right at that $2,000 price point point. Um, and I'm guessing it won't have 4K60 that would be yeah
1: that would make sense or I, I even was wondering if maybe they're just going to take the Are the EOS R put it in an R6 body, leave the IBIS in and not touch the video a ton because I feel like that's Uh, the R6's purpose is to be like the video centric camera, even though it has overheating problems. But that's different, that's a different conversation. I'm sure Canon's not looking at it that way. Um, and then the R would be like the stills body, the R replacement, so like the EOS R Mark II, I guess, or whatever.
2: Yeah, maybe um, maybe there'll be like 4K 60 or something, but maybe it'll be in um, like a crop motor or something. Maybe there'll be video features, but it'll just be, I guess, similar, like an equivalent kind of upgrade, but same mentality as the ESR has right now.
0: Right. I I uh, I think that the the Toby may be onto it with uh, the stills focused, like encouraging stills buyers and then moving people. Uh, who are more interested in video? To the well, honestly, the R5 is the video body as much as the the R6 in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Oh yeah, with that 4K 120 oh, yeah. and the 8K. But yeah, yeah interesting. Sure. And then there's going to be an APS-C RF mount body. This is notable just because it means that the the M mount is dead.
1: I guess that is what that means isn't it well in the uh, m50 mark ii which was announced recently i don't even think we talked about it maybe we did go over it real quick but it was basically nothing it's like they just were like sure we'll just release a mark ii because we can like they didn't fix any of the issues people had with the m50 to begin with so yeah um, i feel like i've
2: seen or heard a couple people get that camera for like really much for vlogging not and like not like crazy high quality, just like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the M series has sold
0: well for Canon. Mm -hmm. They've been a success. I think um, the photo, the photographer industry, not the photo industry, but the photographer industry kind of looks down on the EOS M series, but I actually think they've sold well. I think they've been the closest to a consumer camera success that we've seen in the late um, uh, 20 teens so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not surprising that they're moving their APS-C to the RF because, I mean, why wouldn't they? They have this great new mount. Mm-hmm. Um, the RF just, good you lenses. know... Yeah, good lenses, like, you know, why not kind of consolidate? I mean, mm-hmm. you can go with the theory that's kind of bouncing around that maybe camera companies need to eliminate APS-C altogether, um, especially if, like, this new RP comes down to like let's say 799 right
1: that would be impressive that would
0: be impressive wow um and all of a sudden like where's the place for Mm aps-c cameras you know the like i mean i guess there is you know a 400 to 500 range but
1: i do have a theory i don't i don't necessarily think this is a good theory but it's a theory that i would maybe like to come true that this RF APS-C body actually isn't low-end. It's actually very high-end, and it's going to feature a spec sheet very similar to the C70. Oh. So 4K 120, it's going to sort of be the non-overheating version, maybe, of these other cameras and just kind of be a, a, a 7D basically.
3: Okay. And okay, not
1: low end because that's, I almost feel like there's more justification for this camera in a cine video stills hybrid setting than in a low end setting. Because if the RP that is their RP replacement is released and is even the same price, the current RP is going to get even cheaper and it's still full frame and still mm-hmm. 26 megapixels. So I don't really see people really wanting to buy that camera just for the sheer image quality of the stills. I feel like that's kind of over, but video still has a big gap as well as maybe some sports stuff with getting the extra crop and Mm -hmm. uh, autofocus and stuff. I was going to say my first thing that came to mind
2: was, um, the sports shooters like maybe it's crazy like i agree with toby on the high specs and probably it'd be video and sports would be my guess because that's the two areas crop kind of thrives but maybe it's you know a 30 megapixel camera so you have a little bit of crop ability in there and um maybe it uh maybe it shoots 30 frames per second or something crazy like that for some sports shooters
1: i don't know it could be, but, uh, flipping the script to a high resolution full frame body, this is probably one of the most, uh, certain releases. It's been rumored right. for a long time. The, uh, EOS R5S or the high res version of the, of the
0: R5. Of the R5, yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a lot to be excited about. It's supposed to have pixel shift, which is interesting that they did not include that with the R5, um which would give you, you know, like a, you know, I don't know, a, a huge 100 uh, and some odd megapixel, 180 megapixel. Right, like
2: one, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, um, go for it.
2: I was just going to say, that's one that you'd be thinking about getting, right?
0: You know, I'd probably look at it. Um, I'm shooting enough video right now that it would have to have, good video specs and you know you run into the same problem whereas if the files are too big to do panoramas does it actually make sense since that's kind of how i shoot um unless it was a you know i kept my r5 so you know it'd be interesting Uh, to see i would have expected yeah
2: right yeah um well and there's like that technology too i'm surprised aren't coming into some of these cameras that uh nikon i believe has with the d850 i'm pretty sure where you're able to shoot um even though it's a 50 or a 47 megapixel camera you're able to shoot in a like 25 megapixel format Mm -hmm. without cropping right is that something that Um, is definitely a thing surprised that we're not seeing that Oh, sorry. good
0: well no i uh i'm surprised too that first off the are the um the Sony a seven R four should have that feature. They need to figure out how to add it in firmware if they can, like it's, it's a necessary feature. And then, you know, we talked about in our previous podcast about the pro bodies and we're going to mention them obviously again here, cause we're talking about 2021 predictions, but um, that, you know, those pro bodies are all the, the three flagship bodies for uh, Canon, Nikon and, and Sony are going to probably all shoot 45 megapixels, and so they'll probably have to have that feature as a necessity just because of who's using the camera. So um, I think we're going to be getting this feature uh, more commonly, not just in the D850. Um, but, yeah, it would be nice for um, for that to be, you know, on this new uh, R5S. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: So uh, before we maybe just uh, talk about the flagship RF mount camera that may be coming, uh, and maybe the fact that that might be coming could also foreshadow a few lenses that might be coming, uh, I do just want to mention that there is some rumors that there may be a C200 Mark II coming for this uh, Canon Cinema line, as well as a C50 and a C90, which means a camera that goes a little below, probably, and a little above the C70 that's already been announced. Uh, I have no clue exactly what those maybe would end up looking like. But uh, what would you guys want this flagship RF mount camera to, uh, what kind of specs would you guys want to have it have for you to maybe purchase that camera? Since I don't think either of you have ever really gone to that flagship level of camera before. So what would this need to do to kind of convert you that direction?
2: So, um, I don't know, I already, I say this as a Sony shooter right now, but um, I really already like the specs in the R5. Like, it'd be hard for them to do too, too much, I would think. But, I mean, if they got rid of the overheating, so that just was not a thing. Um, maybe added a grip to the body, so it just naturally had a grip on it, kind of like the 1DX series. Um. I think I like the megapixels where they're at, but maybe if they made it like now, I think megapixels would have to stay about the same 45. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It already is really good. IBS in the R five, uh, yeah. frames per seconds, really good in the R five. Um, I'm trying to think of what I'd even want more. I think um, getting
0: that fully blackout free shooting experience, like, um, the A9. I mean I would like the, the R5's yeah. close, but like having a fully silent version of the the R5 with no blackout and it's rumored to have a global shutter which would enable that. Mm-hmm. Um and um but yeah, I mean I'm I'm with Brandon like you know it's it's going to be there's going to be maybe probably some quality of life things above the R5, but actual spec-wise, I'm not sure what it's going to bring to the table that would convert me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that, uh, there's potential just within that professional camera body, like professional handling durability and stuff. I could see potentially down the line buying another version of this camera. So like a, I don't know what they're going to call it. The, they already took the EOS R. So maybe this is the EOS R1 or something, um, to kind of, uh, harken back to the 1D series. Um, maybe I get a Mark II or a Mark III of this. I just don't foresee them being able to do anything in this particular camera. It would really be mind blowing. But Canon did put some crazy features in cameras. We, I would never have expected a year ago that Canon would have done what they did. Mm. So who knows, there may be something in this camera that just really makes it uh, compelling. Uh, it's it'll probably be a little more conservative than maybe we would think it would be because it is a pro camera as well just spec sheet right. wise but
0: well and it is telling that um that these three pro bodies then we you know we debated a whole podcast to them you know uh, a couple months ago mm-hmm. but these three pro bodies we look at Nikon and Sony as them being necessities And here we're with Canon, we're like, well, it's going to be nice. I think that just goes to show how far the R5 went Mm -hmm. um, for them. But I, you know, it's not like a, if they don't get a R1 out in 2021, they're in huge trouble because honestly they won't like these new pro Nikon and Sony bodies, which will have very similar specs to what we're just talking about. um, They will, you know, the R5 will compete with them. It won't be quite as good, but you know, it also be, will be cheaper. And, you know, more established. So I just think that just kind of goes to show the the dent in the industry that the R5 actually made.
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of these cameras are are yeah. maybe hoping for a spec sheet that is similar to the R5s. All right. So lenses. The uh, Canon's got a big lineup of lenses here. This is based off of Canon's uh, roadmap. So there's a good chance some of these are 2022 releases, but. It also means that there are a little less rumors. They're a little bit more, well, when are they going to happen is more of the question. Um, And right now we're looking at, Canon is looking at releasing two tilt shift lenses, the 14 millimeter F4 and the 24 millimeter F3.5 tilt shifts. These lenses will be the first tilt shift lenses to have autofocus.
0: Yeah, that's going to be huge. It's going to make tilt shift lenses um, usable in a way that, that they haven't been. They've been very kind of, had a steep learning curve to really learn how to use, but um I think having them have autofocus, it's gonna, you know, those will be very intriguing. They'll be very expensive, but very intriguing lenses. Mm-hmm.
1: And then for the zoom lenses, uh the roadmap includes the RF ten to twenty-four F4L, the uh RF fourteen to thirty-five F four IS USM the RF 18 to 45 f4 to f5.6 I think that that lens confirms that there's going to be an APS-C RF body because yeah I mean 18 to 45 would be great for full frame but I just that does that seems like an APS-C lens No, it's an APS-C um, lens, yeah. And then uh the 70 to 200 f4L which was already announced um the RF 100 to 400. They're going to actually do a 100 to 400 to go next to the 100 to 500.
0: I, I think but, it's going to be not an L lens.
1: Oh, okay. Kind of like a 70 to 300. Yep. There. Yep. I bet it'll also be just,
2: well, yeah, super cheap just because look at the aperture on that. Um, it's a 5. Well, I guess people can't see it, but 5.6 to 7.1. So
0: it's also, uh, no, USM is the better one. STM is the. The not quite as good. Mm.
1: Um it's louder, I think. Is that it's louder and slower, isn't it?
0: Something yeah, STM is, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh and then with the prime lenses, uh to make Brandon upset, there is a 135 1.4 L USM that they may be announcing that sounds like something that would be right up your alley.
0: Well, and a thirty-five one point (laughs) two. Like
1: You, want. So, you guys that yeah. 1.4 would be pretty wild at
2: 135 oh 135 1, 1.2 and an 85 1.2 on an r5 body could probably hold me over until i don't even know maybe i don't need other lenses technically yeah. speaking for a portraiture
0: i don't think yeah. so yeah 135 it's actually one f- oh 1.4 not 1.2 but the 35 oh, is 1. a 1.2
1: isn't the, the 35 one? Oh, you were
0: saying 35 think. 1.2, not 135. I got confused. Sorry.
2: Yeah, no, no. Sorry, if I do the uh, 35 1.2 and the 85 1.2. Yeah. And honestly, I think that could. I don't. I mean, I do a decent amount of uh, landscape stuff, obviously, but I think I could even use it with the landscape stuff. 35 panorama. Yep. Um, even doing astro, an astro 35 1.2 panorama. Um, yeah, if right. I could, I'd have to buy some tripod mount stuff and whatnot, but that'd be dope.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool. The There's a couple of macros, a uh, 24 1.8 IS STM, which actually might be a lens I'm interested in if they announce that next year, uh, yeah. just because of that focal length. that aperture is a really nice crossover for some of the stuff that I might be looking for next year. Uh, 100 F 2.8 L macro, just you know, they got to get that 100 macro in there.
0: Right. Uh, and then they got Super Telly's, finally, Super Telly Primes, uh, 400, 2.8, 500 F4, 600 F4, 800, 5.6, and a 1200 F8. So that is a crazy Super Telly Prime lineup right there. That's going to, that'll, indeed. that'll take care of stuff.
1: I bet that yeah, won't all be in twenty twenty one, but how wild would it be if they just like announced? Announced them all, all of
0: them at once. That would be amazing.
1: <laughs> that would we be
0: insane. just
2: watch Kemper try to figure out how to sell his kidney to buy a uh,
0: <laughs> no 600
2: no
1: joke. F4.
0: Yeah. Oof-ta. No no joke. Um okay, so we probably spent enough time on Canon.
1: I do wanna notate when I I was compiling these notes. Canon was a lot easier to find stuff on. And I don't know if that's something to do with the person that runs the rumor site that I was looking at, but uh, Canon and Sony were way easier to find info on. It was really easy to scroll around and find rumors. Fuji and Nikon and Panasonic, I really had to dig. And I want everyone to just take all of the rumors a lot less seriously with these three kind of middle camera companies because they seem a lot less reliable based off of Mm. um, uh, kind of what I was looking at actually on the site. So a lot of the stuff we just talked about, I'm very confident it's going to happen. Some of the stuff we're going to be talking about as we move down the line is, uh, you know, I I just don't know. I don't think we really know what these camera companies are planning, but we have some stuff to talk about and we're going to start off with Fuji. They have a uh, a new smaller GFX 100 with IBIS is kind of the headlining feature I was able to find or headlining rumor for next year.
0: Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. I guess the 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 large one has IBIS though, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's just making it smaller then.
1: Yeah, realistically, it's just putting it in a GFX 50 body, kind of is uh, the idea. Oh yeah, smart. Um, and uh, maybe with
2: better IBIS would be my assumption, but yeah who
0: yeah knows? who knows yeah maybe I mean,
1: worse ibis unfortunately. those gfx 100s
0: are are uh, pretty slick so
1: yeah um uh, they just announced an 80 millimeter f1.7 and i realized that maybe that doesn't sound that fancy um but for medium format that is a fujinon gf so it's a medium format lens um that's gonna that's be super like fast. A, like a fifty one point seven. That's crazy fast. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you should look at the the primes. They're all f four. Like I think there's a couple two point eights, but that's like one point four and two point eight. Uh, is like one point four. It' not equivalent, but like in
1: how in, difficult it uh, is to the get. Light. Yeah, how
0: difficult it is to get the the rarity of the of the lens. So, mm. um yeah, that is exciting to see. uh, uh Basically, a fifty. Who knows what the equivalent of that is? Maybe? Or, yeah. No, maybe it should be even more, and it's more closer to an F one. So yeah, that's exciting, and uh, yeah,
1: they've got an APS C twenty seven millimeter f two point eight. So on the other end of that spectrum, a very slow, <laughs> a very slow prime lens, but it is a uh, it is a uh, pancake prime. So that's to oh, be expected. okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then the XE four is rumored to come out in the spring. I was only able to find rumors for the first half of 2021. So I I, I wasn't able to locate anything else. um, Right. Well, and honestly,
0: the reliable stuff is probably all going to be first half, right? I think there's some, uh, you know, you can, I mean, I guess July is what I look at is like a lot of what we're talking about probably will come out by July, which is when the Tokyo Olympics are. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which were supposed to happen this year. Indeed. But got jacked up.
1: Yep, they did. So unfortunately, that's kind of all we have on Fuji. Uh, I guess I'll ask Brandon, what would Fuji need to release this year? Or could they release anything this year that would make you look at them as a possible option?
2: That's a good question. I don't know. I've always had like an affinity for uh, Fuji. Um, I don't know why. It's just always one of those brands. I'm just like, oh yeah. Like I kind of go between like, oh yeah, Sony, I like Sony even a little bit of Nikon and kind of thinking about switching to Canon, but that's been a thing for a while, mm-hmm. but Fuji has been for a while, just that company that I'm like, I really like the Fuji colors and everything, but um, I'm not quite willing to go to a crop up camera, I think.
1: And I don't know. Um, don't quite have the budget for a medium format camera either probably. Right. <laughs> I just I just don't think it's quite worth it.
2: Maybe that's what it would have to be is the the medium format camera would have to be fast enough, nice enough and worth it to get. But you know that 50 or sorry 80 millimeter F 1.7 could be something that would kind of get me to go that way. and if uh, if they can figure out just how to you know the high megapixel, the colors there and everything. And I know the colors is already really good on medium format, but if they could just figure out how to just make it so much dis- more distinguishable from just like, you know, even like the R5 or even my
1: a7 R3, mm-hmm. uh, right. that could be something. Could you be swayed? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what lens you'd really want if, uh, Kemper, if you wanted to switch to medium format, because for landscape work primarily... <laughs> What would that even look like?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like, you'd have to fully convert to the, you know, working out the back of your car, you know, style of, of landscape photography because, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to get uh, the whole suite of primes probably, the whole gamut. They have some zooms. The zooms are not as good. They really aren't as good as the primes on the medium format, from what I understand. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, but- the zooms and, and uh, primes on, on some of the, the full-frame mounts are uh, – You know semi equivalent nowadays Mm -hmm. um you know you can get faster on primes but the actual image quality just because of of how much stress that huge sensor puts on the lens to resolve um -hmm. the primes really matter so i you know it's kind of an intriguing thing i would think that for me that would be like a project in in a few years to start building out in a Mm -hmm. in a in its own system so rather than being my main system, it would be something that I would have on the side mm-hmm. that would.
1: Uh, and maybe you could figure out some sort of project that would kind of pay for it, and also um, would take advantage of
0: exactly
1: what it's yeah. giving you. Th-
0: that's what that's the scenario I would see, and I don't think that they have to change much in, in what they're releasing for to make that me interested in that. I'm obviously interested in the GFX one hundred. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a medium format, 100 megapixel camera as a landscape photographer, I'm interested. So mm. you had me at a hundred megapixels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it
2: could be, <laughs> there. it could be really, really cool for uh, astrophotography. I keep, I feel like I keep bringing up yes. astrophotography. Yes, they but, could. Um, uh, If they were able to get a fast, you know, probably 24 millimeter for that, it'd be pretty wide. I actually don't
1: know what the conversion is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The conversion is like complicated because the size like, of medium format isn't consistent.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not a direct, it's yeah. not the same aspect ratio. So converting it is, is, is hard. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Probably Nikon time, eh?
1: Nikon. So something like that would be cool. Anyways. Yeah. I found, um, I found no rumored camera bodies except for what we talked about before with that flagship. Um, I guess maybe Nikon 1 or N1 or Z1 or something like that, um, that may come out, which we kind of hypothesized having similar specs to maybe the R5, R1 camera we talked about earlier, uh, which I think it would be excellent to see Nikon get a really nice camera to put in front of their uh, really great glass they've been releasing or put behind the really great glass they've been releasing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like this, like we've talked about the, the Z6 and Z7 are not um, not bad cameras, but really get some of this. So, what are we all looking at here? There's a lot.
1: So, um, what I did was is I actually found the roadmap that Nikon had announced for their lenses, and I just put the photo in here, partially because I'm really interested that. They did not include the apertures on any of the lenses that have not been announced yet. Um, I just, you know, Canon did that with theirs. Sony's always included the apertures. It's just kind of a weird notation. Oh, yeah. Um, You can kind of hypothesize what the apertures might be, but it kind of makes you wonder if they're trying to maybe not make a big deal about something with the apertures or maybe they're trying to hide that there's something really cool coming with these apertures, like an 85-1.0 or something like that. Right. Um, that could be planned. Who knows? But the lenses are a uh, are a 28 and a 40 mil, which are under the uh, compact prime lens uh, category. We've got a macro 105S. So just a Nikon's known for their 105 macros. So they got to get one of those in there. Yes, sir. 24-105. 100 to 400 200 to 600
0: yeah boom 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 18 to
1: uh, 140 millimeter and a 400 millimeter 600 millimeter I'm assuming those are the
0: big primes
1: i I guess there's no aperture <laughs> right but, uh, that's what I would assume
0: well boy if, if these i mean they can change things a little bit with they get if they get all these lenses out in, in 2021. Um, particularly that 24105 100 to 400 200 to 600 mm-hmm. that'll really put them where they're they're punching with uh with Canon and and uh, Sony mm-hmm. um, i you know i still look at Canon having that 100 to 500 um see like that's that's to me that's where Canon's got both Sony and Nikon here because they have the the 100 to 500 which kind of merges the 100 to 400 and the 200 to 600 Mm -hmm. in a lens that's smaller and lighter than, uh, than Sony's 100 to 400. So Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I, I, you know, um, but you know, having those lenses available will be critical. I think in the, in the Z, the Z mount really seeing Mm -hmm. continued success and, you know, and this new pro body that we, that we um, have mentioned the Z nine, um, you know, I think that could change things too. If it, if it's about as capable as Sony and Canon's, I think that that the Z line has enough going for it that that it will start pulling people over.
1: And since the F-mount glass does seem to operate well, um, especially the later F-mount glass, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they have a built-in platform of those professional wildlife pr- uh, primes and zooms, the 200-400 as well. Um, I will say something that's maybe slightly disappointing about this lens lineup is, is both Sony and Canon's roadmaps include different lenses, like new focal lengths, new apertures. And while there could be new apertures, cause they're not telling us about that at this point, uh, there's really nothing out of the ordinary here. Like the, uh, 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 100 to 500 that Canon just released. Um, the really the only groundbreaking lens that Nikon's released so far is the f0.95 um, uh,
0: 5695 uh, yeah 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 i mean when you really think about it that is what they're doing is they're they're playing catch up and that's what we've been talking about with Nikon and it looks like that trend's going to continue like i said if the z9 kind of fully does catch up Um, you know, just on a body, you know, wise, and you know, who knows, maybe it'll be the best one of the, of the pro bodies. Mm -hmm. I think there's a chance Nikon, um, pro bodies, like a lot of people have favored the D5 over the, the one DX. Um, just, they feel like that Nikon pro level is really the next level of, um, usability and, uh, just, you know, all of that I've heard, I've never used a D5 or a (laughs) one DX, but
1: Yeah, they've uh, been known for their low uh, performance for sports uh, and those lenses. Their lenses seem to be sharp. They do have a holy trinity, a holy trinity in place, uh, and a holy trinity that seems like it's a really sharp one. Yeah, um, which is helpful to have over uh, Sony's somewhat uh, lackluster, shaky,
0: lackluster holy trinity. Uh, yeah,
1: sorry, Sony shooters. Sorry, Brandon. Hurtful. <laughs> Hurtful. Um,
2: I wonder if yeah. Um, I wonder if they're really like, I guess these lenses make me think that Nikon might be taking a step back to kind of the wildlife and, uh, like landscape kind of form. Like a lot of them are basic, but you know, it'd be really cool if they did something where like the 100 to 400, you know, census, just kind of a plain Jane lens. I say that kind of mean, but, um, if they did something where it was just a little bit faster aperture, so you could do a little bit more with. Uh, out in the field. Mm. So, I don't Mm -hmm.
0: know. Right. Or get that... um, Well, I bet the 200 to 600 will be 5.6 constant because their previous 200 to... Wait, was it? That Was that 200 to 500? It was 200 to 500. It was
2: 5.6 constant. So... Mm -hmm. That'd be innovative. What is uh Sony's? I forget the aperture on that.
1: It is um you don't know for off the top of my head. Five
0: point six to six point three is what I think. I know it winds up at six hundred being six point three. Mm. So if it were five point six for that whole range, the two hundred to six hundred being five six, that would that right. That would be an innovative mm-hmm. and that would that would bring people to Nikon. That lens would yeah. Yeah. especially if it
1: maintains if, that sharpness. Across the whole zoom range, like it's razor sharp, like a lot of Nikon's lenses have been. Yeah,
2: and the autofocus on it being just tack, like the motors and everything being really good. Um, that's I guess that's the only thing I'm seeing where I could see some of these lenses being, you know, bringing wildlife photographers back and landscape photographer back, photographers back. The uh, eighteen to one forty could also be really cool if that was just a
1: constant f four. Because that could be like... Yeah, just that is a, uh, a crop lens just to be... Uh, yeah, it's a DX so lens to go
0: on the uh, the Z50, Z50
1: line, yeah. Oh,
2: never mind then. Yeah. Like, <laughs> forget like, forget about, about it.
1: Forget about it. <laughs> um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they will release with the sports and wildlife lenses here a D500-esque camera could fit, yeah. I guess.
0: Why do you think that Nikon insists on calling full-frame FX and... APS-C DX at this point, where it just is confusing to everybody. It's like, oh, this is a DX lens.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's just maybe it's an internal, like it's an internal right. thing. Because if just, you're, you're not, not in the Nikon good.
0: world, you don't know what that is. Yeah. So it's yeah. just
1: a giant
2: inside joke with, like, the CEO <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like dumb X. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dumb dumb X.
1: Like, Fantastic
0: here. X and dumb X. Fantastic.
1: Yikes. Oh boy. All right, so uh, it is Panasonic time, and there's not a lot to talk about, unfortunately. Womp womp. Um, Poor Panasonic. There's no Listen. rumors at this point of any Micro Four Thirds cameras, so... That's, yeah, uh, I mean, I think
0: they've killed it. Like, they said they weren't going to, but I just... The evidence is showing to the, there's there's been no lenses, there's been no bodies, and, you know, they've released... Um, the um, the S five mm-hmm. like late in twenty twenty and, well, and you know,
1: James Popsy switched over, which makes me wonder if he just knows some things.
0: Yeah, no, I, I you know considering how much he has gone on and on about how Micro Four Thirds is, is amazing, it's <laughs> amazing and not a huge drop off, and now he's full frame. So yeah, but they've They're got some lenses. Do. Um, twenty four one eight, thirty five one eight, fifty one eight. So they have got their one eights. An eighty five one eight. Yeah. And a seventy to three hundred. Boy, oh boy. If that's all Panasonic gets out in twenty twenty one, they're in trouble.
1: I guess they will benefit from some of the Sigma stuff and maybe some of the Leica stuff, like right. coming in with their five thousand dollar budget body. Here's the
0: thing though, is I don't think this is accurate. I yeah. think I think we will see an S one Mark two and an S more importantly an S one R mark um Mark II. two. I think I think, I think
2: uh, the biggest problem that uh, Panasonic has is that they have not yet got a body that is just usable like I mean I that's mean but just where it's there's not a weird amount of kinks in it and the autofocus just needs to be better they do really high quality like image stuff but wow that was really dumb. Uh, they have very high image quality, but there are just so many little problems with the bodies that they need to get out just a very, very solid body or two.
1: They need to fix the autofocus. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. I was, I'm, as an X L mount shooter, just get the autofocus, right. And, uh, I may wander my way back over there someday, but right. not, not till that's fixed as much as the S five really is a compelling camera. It's going to make a lot of people really happy. Um, they have to, the S1 Mark II, like Kemper's saying, and the S1R Mark II, which would be really great for them to release those cameras next year. Right. Uh, just refine the autofocus and make them maybe a little smaller without really compromising how many buttons and dials they have. And you're
0: uh, right. Well, work. and Panasonic with these L lenses, these L cameras have kind of led the way with some computational photography things like the high res mode which it like intelligently selects part of the frame that are moving. So it eliminates it. So it's actually usable on like Sony's and and some other companies Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, it does the sensor shift thing like, and then they, they, you know, we kind of forget about it, but Panasonic was the first one to have like animal detection autofocus. So like Mm -hmm. you get it where it's working and then you get some of these AI focused camera features off the ground um these machine learning and all that stuff that you kind of have a groundwork floor maybe even more so than than some of the other companies Mm -hmm. um we don't know what canon's going to do with its um pixel shift mode which we mentioned in the the r5s Mm -hmm. we just don't know what it's going to do but we know that sony's is not good it's a huge pain to do and you know, and it's
1: almost more of a color thing. Which color's really valuable, of course. But it seems like it's almost more color than detail oriented with the way that it works,
0: right? Well, the R4 it is detail oriented because it's a 240 megapixel image. Oh wow! <laughs> so okay, yeah. Cool.
1: Well, there you go. With this the R3,
0: it doesn't change the megapixels; it just changes the the color. The so, color depth.
1: Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. All right. Well, crush. Cross your fingers if you're shooting L-mount. The only other major uh, rumor I saw is that they could actually be releasing an uh, EVA1, which is their like professional video camera with an EF mount, actually, Uh, but releasing that with an L-mount and some updates. And then an APS-C camera in an S5 body was the only other rumor I was able to find. So I don't know exactly what... I don't know exactly why they'd release that camera, considering the S5's already a really great price and a really great feature set. But, I mean, if they're able to either put more interesting specs or make and it just really just try cheap,
0: to pull the pull um, some of the, the more uh, enthusiast shooters mm-hmm. up into it, then, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll see. It's but, weird how uh, many...
2: I was just going to say, I think it's weird how many um, APS-C bodies we're seeing rumored...
0: Yeah, that, it is interesting. Um, but we are going to get to one company who I think there's strangely no rumors of any APSC, and that's Sony. Yeah. Um, in some ways, their APSC is the industry standard, other than Fuji, obviously, because Fuji's mm-hmm. only APSC. But Canon, Nikon, Panasonic, all <laughs> Panasonic. Um, Panasonic. Panasonic. Um. <laughs> They um, they're bringing APS-C, but Sony no word on it, which um, kind of comes into my my theory that that Sony's trying to kill it off. That's what the the A7C was was the mm-hmm. um, the beginning of the end for Sony APS-C because they probably look at buyers and they're like, well, we can get them to spend 150, 200 dollars more, you know in a few years, granted, not not right now, mm-hmm. for a full-frame body, and then they only have one ecosystem to worry about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And before we jump fully into Sony, there's really one big Sigma rumor I wanted to mention that applies to Canon and Nikon. Uh, Sigma is rumored to start producing lenses for Z-mount and RF-mount in 2021, which would be a huge deal because that's one of Sony's biggest advantages right now is you get... You get Sigma, uh, with uh, right,
0: and I wonder systems. if this means Tamron as well. I would assume Tamron's doing it as well,
1: unless Sony just has that corner. Has that corner? Let Sony's just making them not do that. Well, Sony that's Sony
0: owns they own a, a part of it, but they don't. They they can't dictate what Tamron is still its own company. Like yeah. they can release oh, for whatever camera company wants
2: that also being said Sony's kind of famous for producing stuff for other companies anyways, like right, for so exactly. many years and maybe even now they do the sensors for Nikon. So Sony probably will be like, yeah, sure. Make us money from other yeah, companies. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, I don't know
0: it. I think that actually would actually make more sense considering I don't think Sony's makes the, um, the sensors for the Z cameras. I could be wrong, but to my knowledge, it's actually a company called tower jazz that makes those sensors. That's interesting. Um, it's uh, not, I think that the, the started with the D850 on, it's not been Sony, interestingly enough. Mm. Um, it, it, I could but be the, wrong. Um, it, it's not like common knowledge where they actually get them. So mm. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Brandon. Okay.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, um, are they still producing uh, the D610 and stuff like that?
0: I don't know if they're going that far back. I mean, they definitely are still producing cameras that have Sony sensors, though. Mm-hmm. They're uh, making okay.
1: D850s still, probably. Yeah. D850s, they're making, they just released the D... Oh, what's so, it called? The D750? The, the D750, yeah, yeah. They just released that in, um, this last year. I think it was this year. If it wasn't, it was late last year. Yeah, we, um, we should
0: have had that in our 2020 Roundup episode if it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, shoot, we forgot about that, but... but um, to kind of jump in full force into what Sony's looking at, um, uh, the first thing at the top here is the Sony a nine uh, which oh, is um, a tentative name. We apparently. wanted
2: Toby, we wanted to mention that Sigma has patented a, um, 200 millimeter F two and a 300 millimeter F 2.8. Oh I yeah,
1: saw. for sure. That's actually um, a 200 F two would be pretty, uh, pretty sweet that'd be
0: huge yeah 302 oh, ooh, both of those
2: this the specific thing about that that i would love is this would be sorry we keep talking about my gear set but something on my mind but uh r5 with the 28 to 70 the 85 1.2 and the um uh, 200 F two. I would, that would be just a dream for me. I yeah. think I could live off those three. Wow. That would be, that would be, <laughs> I think intense. a lot of
0: people could live
1: off those three. Brandon. <laughs> hurtful. Uh, oh man. And the 300 2.8, that's getting towards, uh, uh, wildlife, of course, wildlife sports. Right. Well, kind of and
0: then the nice thing about that is that it won't be quite as big as those other ones, but you can put teleconverters on it. Um, that's kind of because you know you put a two X teleconverter on it and it's a 600, um, five, 5. six hundred um six. Yeah. So like that's that's really um that's really handy and it's it's small and light. So that's always been the or, big advantage of a three of a three hundred What were you gonna say, Brandon?
2: Of uh, the two hundred millimeter F two actually would be super cool like that too, because you'd get what, a four hundred F four or how would how I'm trying to think of how yeah, the stops that's what you would the get? TV. There's a 400 so, f4,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, It would, it would work. Uh, I think it halves the light, it's a little different than stops. I think,
0: no, it is. No, it's it stops, it's the same it as stops. stops. Yep, mm-hmm. so it, it, it
1: would stops. take it down to f4. Yep. yep, so I mean, that's the 400 f4 still decently fast, right? For sure, well, and then yeah, that's it pretty would be fast, and right, all right. So the Sony a93. Uh some of the rumors dun, here dun, dun. is a uh uh Sony will launch this new high-end camera in quarter one of twenty twenty-one, maybe at uh, maybe on January eleventh. So we're talking uh pretty soon at soon. CES show. Um it will be named as an A9 series camera and not an A7 series camera. So it may be an A9S or an A93. Um it will have a new 50-megapixel sensor, which is like doubling the resolution of the A9 II. 8K 30p video. Um, it's not an amazing 8K mode, meaning you won't be getting 8K 60 um, or anything like that. Uh, it's kind of out whether it will overheat. Of course, hard to say. At this They're point. saying with
0: no overheating, but...
1: It, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Sony's Purple. not like this perfect camera company that's never had overheating problems. I'm, I'm sorry to break the news to everyone, but we uh,
2: would never have experienced something like that.
1: Never <laughs> possibly would have happened to me one time. Um, uh, other specs from the A 7s S3. So the EVS, the EVF autofocus and maybe the flip screen, who knows? Um, the uh at least 1 uh $1500 more expensive than the R5 uh so
0: expect something like
1: 499 is what it says uh yeah $4999 that's not 1500 more than the R5 though that's it would be 5500 yeah think. 55 like is 13.
0: 1500
1: yeah anyway so um
0: sony alpha rumors guy didn't do his math
1: quite it has apparently been rumored in uh the code has been... It's There's been a code that he thinks might be it. The Sony Off Rumors guy thinks might be it has been registered in Asia. So that would mean very early January we may be talking about this camera. So, Brandon, I have a very serious question for you. Are yeah. you going to drop $6,000 on this camera? Probably. Brandon's like, I'm just going to just say probably and drop the mic because... <laughs> the thing
2: about here. it is... I'm in love with like the Canon lenses and the R5 just generally. The thing about the A9 III, if it lives up to the expectation of what it says, I'd be really into it. And I have a hard time leaving my like, I really like that Zeiss 40mm. Um, and uh, you know, Sony's 8514 isn't like the most amazing lens in the world. But I really like how it renders everything, and I love that it has like perfect bokeh, like perfectly circled bokeh.
1: And yeah, that sums it up. I just really like those two lenses. So, so just sell all your lenses, keep those two lenses, and buy this camera. There we go. Yep, exactly. Sounds like a foolproof plan. Um, all my plans are foolproof. Is there anything <laughs> that um, the A9 III could have in it, Kemper, that would that would make you even think about it
0: at this point. No, I, I don't see, especially with the R one on the horizon. Right. Mm. Um, it seems to me like this is just so similar to the R five, like what's going to be, I mean, obviously it's going to have full silent shooting and all that, which I was mm. talking about on the wanting on the R one. Um, but like, you know, I'm sure it's going to be like, you know, the, the big new toy, and it will be super exciting, but I don't see, um, I don't see quite what it would bring to the table that would that would make me switch. Mm-hmm. Certainly, switch you know, switch back after all of the the drama getting over to Canon in the first point.
1: <laughs> well, and it it doesn't yeah. have the lenses, and that's the. Uh, I mean, right. it has Sony's. Oh yeah, Sony's got bad, great lenses. I think it doesn't have your lenses, which right uh, is always an, yeah. an issue when you really start getting. Uh, when you really start getting your lens setup uh, crystallized, it can get a lot more difficult to switch over. Which I think is that's literally what's saving Nikon right now. Is people have their 20 Nikon lenses they saved up over the past 20 years, yep. and uh, you're not honestly gonna just and that.
2: the 850s still being there. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Well, and that's the thing. We, you know, I was actually going to mention this back when we were doing when we were talking about Nikon. Is that Nikon's the only one of these brands whose DSLRs are still considered somewhat serviceable, like the D850, mm-hmm. like Canon, everyone's moved on from their DSLRs because they weren't very good. And yeah, Sony's end. like, what, you know, way, way gone.
2: Yeah. We don't talk about that. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Brandon's <laughs> like, the A-mount never happened.
2: Not, it wasn't even a thing.
1: <laughs> Oofta. I did own an A-mount camera one time. I'm the only one of us that did. That yeah. A50. 55? A58 A58 dude. A58 My yeah. first first interchangeable lens camera yeah. and
2: honestly that was kind of a big camera for you like yeah. development wise it although was... I still think you got some really amazing shots off of
1: that what was it like a
2: cool pics it was like a compact DSLR the oh,
1: Canon SX 60 <laughs> is 50 yeah. actually is what yeah. I had 50. Um, Uh, It's actually funny, uh, uh, my girlfriend has one of those cameras, and I hadn't seen one in years, so I finally got to, like, pick one up again, and it was, like, so much smaller than I remembered it being, Uh, like, three times smaller, because, like, when I first had it, like, I felt like I had, like, this really cool camera, like, it looked legit, it looked really cool, and then I was like picking it up, and like it has one dial on the back, and like two or three buttons, and you have to like <laughs> press this one button and then press another button to change the aperture. It's it's a really kind of a a, uh, a weird experience to like go back to that camera again and, and get to actually hold it and, and operate it a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was my first real camera that I owned. I took it to the Tetons and Yellowstone. That was yeah. That was uh, oh, and so um.
2: Speaking of that camera and speaking of Sony before I switched to Sony, um, I bought, I was very early on to the a seven original, like, right. I don't even, yeah, it was super early, but the main thing that was throwing me off was I was like, man, I do not want to have to deal with the, um, electronic viewfinder. And that was a hundred percent based off of cameras electronic viewfinder it was so horrible it really was it was bad and like that we're and we're talking about sony original a7 viewfinder which was not great but in comparison the so like that was amazing comparatively Mm -hmm. the sony originals viewfinder was just like wow it's like i can see in a whole different world and then that other one is like, it was almost like you were looking at a picture of a screen, like of
1: a screen.
0: It really was. So, it really was, was. It was
1: the smallest thing in the entire world. Um, all right. So this camera is one I'm probably going to have a hard time not buying, but I'm going to really try not to buy it, at least not until 2022. Um, and that is the Sony a7 IV. Um, it is a uh, quarter two announcement at the earliest quarter three, is more likely that's not great to me. I feel like the a seven yeah. is kind of needed yesterday, right? This second. Um, and right. I think the a seven three survived the Panasonic's and Nikon and Canon's announcements, but only just barely. I mean, they need to update it to make it. It's certainly not more compelling. It would maybe make me keep my seven three if I still had it. But, um,
2: Right. Um, it's. I think yeah. the A7 III is just living off hype at this point. People are yeah. just like, "Oh yeah, that's a good camera." Like they don't look at the statistics or anything. They just are like, "Yeah, that's that famous one."
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the rumor is saying that the A7 IV will have a new sensor with faster readout and will not recycle the twenty-four megapixel one. So that'd be the first time in the A7 line of cameras. Um, his source, the Sony of Rumors guys, source said 30 to 32 megapixels. That would be a great sweet spot for this camera. It would be. Um, it would kind of, it would be the EOS R of your dreams at that point, probably, or right. my dreams anyway. Um, with full frame 4K and all that goodness, um, the EVF will have 3.69 million dots and not 5.7. So they're still putting a, a less lower, sharp, a lot lower. Uh, uh, LCD than their higher end cameras. Uh, most probably, the LCD will also be on the cheap side, um, but the image quality and AF will be top notch. That was a note that he had there. Yeah, um,
0: we've talked about that. The Sony Alpha rumors guy. He uh, he kind of likes. Uh, he just he really truly drinks the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. Like he just. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, if you if you're a Sony shooter though, looking for rumors, that's maybe that's what you want. You want right. I mean, he's like cool he's rate. like I'm
0: going to sweeten the bad news that they're not fixing the LCD. It's going to be on the cheap side, but image quality and AF are going to be top notch.
1: I mean, I, I expect it will be right. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I, I would as well.
1: The uh, video will be 4K 60p. What that means is that's significant because that means that 4K 120 will not be in a single one of these recent camera rollouts. Um, of the the kind of mid-range full-frame cameras, mm-hmm. there's you. It's the it's S3 crazy. and it's the R5, and that's it. Um, it's it's just it really sets those cameras apart at this point.
0: But I think the you think no, go ahead, Brandon.
1: Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, do you think the A9 III will have it though? Doesn't actually say it will. Uh, I I guess I. The 50 megapixel sensor could mess that up. Right. The 50 Um,
0: megapixel sensor could mix that up. And then also Sony has a history of handicapping the video on their A9s. The two previous ones, neither of them were video powerhouses. so
2: They didn't even have log profiles, did they?
0: Right. Yeah. They didn't even have log profiles. So, And they may still not be able to do that. So they're like, well, why would we put 4K 120? My bet is that it will. Um, I just feel like that, considering mm-hmm. that the that the, a, the Z9 says it will, mm-hmm. and then the and I the, would assume the uh, um, R1 will have it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- well, I think that R5 is a good chance it, so. it will. Um, but it is interesting uh, kind of feeding back into the Panasonic thing. It does leave a door open for Panasonic to, I mean, with the old line of cameras, they put 4K60 in where nobody else did. Maybe the S1 Mark II will put 4K 120 in for 2500 mm. And none of the other ones uh, will do that. Got some sirens going by here. Um, They're coming to get you, Toby. Dang it. They uh,
2: For thinking about Panasonic.
1: Hurtful. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a $2,499 price. So a $500 price jump. For the A7 IV, which makes sense because the A7C will just be a year old at that point. So,
0: do you think that it's worth twenty five hundred? Considering, I mean, I guess it matches the Z's. I mean, the excuse me, the R6, which is similar specs,
1: would be a better. Well, it'll stills be, camera, probably. yeah,
0: it would be probably better stills because of the thirty megapixel. Yeah, I mean, I don't.
1: know It's gonna, know gonna know be it's like gonna the break, EOS but. R Mark two yeah and I that guess. might be why canon's releasing that new camera in between they just don't want that sweet spot to be completely open because they they would have leave, left themselves exposed to this camera if they didn't replace the osr right. um, with just some just kind of basic features you can just kind of recycle the R in general put ibis in it maybe in, improve the video specs and you can compete with this camera um, that Sony may be releasing. Well, the
0: R6 competes with this camera, no problem.
1: It does as well, yeah. Um, it is also megapixel. the same price. Yes, yeah. four less megapixels.
0: Lower megapixel, but it also has the same sensor as the the One DX series. It's got it's so you know, fantastic color, great dynamic dynamic range,
2: mm-hmm. like so. Oh, I'm just I'm just thinking of it from a marketing place. Oh where yeah, no, absolutely. somebody's gonna yeah. see it and yeah. Um, my, you guys want to hear my wild theory about what they'll do to make it special yeah absolutely hello Hello. yeah can you hear me can Can you hear us us? oh yeah sorry totally just glitched out yeah yeah Um,
1: (laughs) yeah we'll definitely uh uh, let us know
2: yeah so i think uh i think they're gonna put 6k 60 in it that would be my wild thing they'll skip the 4k 120 but they'll put 6k
1: 60. 6k 60p interesting i had heard
0: that there was a chance so this is the latest rumors at one point there was a rumor that it wouldn't have 4k 60 but it would have 6k 30
1: 6k up to 30p i could see either of those i mean those would all be great things i i think in the end 4k 60 is more useful than 6k maybe it just depends on the project it's so project-based you, you could yeah. shoot so many videos and never need to use the 6k but if you shoot that one project where you really want to crop in a lot and maybe still export in uh, in 4k that's a huge upgrade so it's a it's a once again it comes down to your exact shooting situation uh, it's hard to know which one's better
0: but if it is 6k 60 like he says then you are getting both yeah, um,
2: yeah. I I Think they would do that. The reason I think that they would be even inclined to do that at all is because that would pair so well with the um with the a7s3. So mm-hmm. it would just make people it wouldn't incline people to get both, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: or it, would, it wouldn't totally dismantle the s3 as a camera people might want. They do have a tendency to they did that with the a7 III for sure, and they kind of did that with the a7 II. Yeah. They made it a camera that. I mean, the A7 II not really didn't really do that to the A7S one, but um, that definitely happened with the A7S three. Just kind of made the A7S two obsolete. It had better yeah. autofocus, nearly as as good um, uh, video, video, in, in most ways, including even low light. So uh, it's an interesting thought that they're just going to maybe take that camera in a different kind of unexpected direction.
0: Or they cripple it to make be focused on stills and try to get people to reach up for the, the S3 could, for
1: video. Absolutely possible. I think any of this stuff's, I mean, 4K60 would make it competitive, so I mean, if that's all they added. Again,
0: we've talked about how segmented Sony is with their capability, um, and it doesn't look like that trend's going to not continue and there's a camera that's not on here that I think we mentioned last week as as probably being due and that's the R5, the Sony A7R5. Yeah. Which will they call it that? That is the big like question. I think they, they have to, honestly. You think they have to? Think they they have think
1: there to. has to be two R5s on I the market? There's going to be two. One's going to be Roman numerals and the other one isn't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and everyone's going to call it the A7V. A7RV. Yeah. It's yep. going to be the A7RV. <laughs> oh, dear. That's going to be good, though. And That'll it's probably going to have some wild specs. It's probably going to be fun. Unless unless Sony, like Kemper said, doesn't want to make it a do-everything camera, because that's what they did with the R5, the, the Canon R5. Right. Um, and the R4, the Sony A7R4, it has finer whatever video specs. Absolutely serviceable. Right. Um, I've used that footage. I've edited that footage. It's it works well there's no record limit there's some nice stuff to it but it's not groundbreaking in any way well
0: um, and like the r4 was definitely a step in a different direction than the r3 seemed like it was going when the a7 r3 yeah. came out it was like this is the do everything great for everything camera like you can even shoot mm-hmm. sports with this thing and then the r4 added megapixels but it in some ways it's less capable than the R3 in a do everything scenario you know i've used that camera enough to i can say that with some you've um, used
2: both of them yes i've used you've both used of all them. three of them yes <laughs> well um, and the weird thing about it is that it um you know it feels slower like it's you know menus and stuff are snappier but like the camera itself feels just like you know worse iso autofocus is not perfect I'm, I'm sure the autofocus is better I only got to use yours a little bit but right well the audio focus like is there's... faster
0: that is yeah. that was the big takeaway is that it feels faster whether it was actually more accurate or better I actually don't think it was I feel like I missed more shots with the r4 than I did with the r3 by you know an uh, not significant margin really and that part of that also is, is that the 61 megapixels just
1: you know, puts more stress on everything mm-hmm. to get perfect focus when well, they also didn't, I, maybe they did, I don't know, but uh, there's no real reason to think they improved the IBIS and you really need to improve the IBIS to improve the megapixels and not yeah. just have problems there, have a right. downgrade well, I mean, in how effective the IBIS is.
2: Yeah. And the crappy position that puts me into, and I had the option too. like when you sold your R4, like I could have it would have been a small price for me to upgrade to that and you offered it to me and I thought about it but I kind of declined that. And what that does to me is I'm now in the position where the upgrade that I want, like just linear wise, is is the um the R five from Canon. Like that that feels like the upgrade that should happen. Yep. From the R3. In a lot
0: of ways it is. If if you were an R three user Something like the um, the R five is a more um, is is yeah it, it that's kind of what you want is a higher megapixel but still good for everything camera the R four is is a more of a studio landscape camera in my opinion mm-hmm. you still can yeah. we we know I you know I, I'm talking about it maybe in a way that someone would think they can't shoot you know. Anything they want, and you you can. It's just not as quite as capable as I felt like the R3 was, and then the D850 mm-hmm. kind of felt that way too. Um, and I think that's what we're going to be missing from Sony is that the the A93 may be that way, but it's also going to be fifty five hundred six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So it's going to be well way expensive.
2: Yeah. My bet is that basically what happens is the um, the A7 IV kind of takes the place of a in between the R3 and the just A7 uh original line and then the R uh or sorry the A93 kind of goes down and fills that like really nice upgrade to the R3 mm-hmm. and then the A7 or the A7R5 um is going to kind of be like, I'm guessing it'll be like 100 megapixels or 80 some megapixels, something crazy high like that. And it right. won't really be, it'll just be a very high megapixel camera. And that's the point of it. Like, they're, I bet they don't do too much to it.
0: Right. Or I think that alternatively, you, they could do what they did with the R2 to the R3, or they keep the same megapixels, but they iron out some of the kinks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and to well, me, that would be more interesting. Um, if they could have 61 megapixels, but it was a little more reliable. Um, it had lossless compressed raw so that it could write and doesn't... Because the biggest issue with that camera is that it would... The buffer would fill up if you, you know, looked at it wrong. Mm. <laughs> like, it just yeah. was constantly... You were chasing the buffer. It was slow. The files were slow. Um, and you had to... Like, I finally found a memory card that worked pretty well, but, man, it just like you know i would i would fill up the buffer with panoramas sometimes which that's you know like that's not i've never had that issue before we'll put it that way so yeah in, for sure
2: imagine if they were able to get video specs out of it like if you're able to shoot and probably not in raw or anything but if you could just fully utilize the sensor for i don't know would that be like 10k
1: video Probably would like maybe still be in the no. realm of 8K.
0: It would still count as 8K, I think, at that point.
1: I don't know. I don't know what the, because uh, it's, the, it's the long edge that you determine that based off of. Um, so I don't know what the long edge on an R4 file is. Um, it's at
0: least 9K. Uh, so I guess you could say an in-betweener.
1: Yeah, so it would be kind of like an in between thing, but what they could absolutely do is just downsample it slightly or line skip it slightly and get 8K. Yeah, and that's very possible considering its its closest competitor is Sony's R5, which shoots 8K. You, um, yeah, do you mean Canon's R5? I mean Canon's, Canons R5. R5, which shoots 8K. Uh, so to be competitive with Canon, it in theory should do that, um, but I guess we'll see what sony thinks they actually need to do because you if you're in if you're the vast majority of our of sony a7r4 users you don't need AK or even want AK or care because you're probably a I, photographer but it's right. hard to say. also
2: yeah i doubt they're gonna put video like i i in some ways like i think that'd be really cool but i feel like they would up the megapixels or keep it the same but i feel like their best call would be to up the megapixels kind of get out some of those kinks but have it be just basically photography Mm -hmm. even though the r4 wasn't horrible for video like technically speaking oh no No, i mean not 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 horrible
0: horrible. and it wasn't horrible at anything like it's not a horrible camera it's a great camera Mm -hmm. um but um it's still it wasn't quite like when the r3 came out it was like as almost as good at video as anything else out there and when the r4 came out it was behind it started from behind because it didn't yeah. even change anything from the r3 it's the same video specs almost to a t
1: Has i autofocus in video which is Doesn't not bad it down it, that's the main difference
2: it also down samples from 6k i believe yes
0: in APS-C mode though not in full frame so oh
2: and not okay interesting
0: yeah
1: With almost all these crop cameras, including certain modes in the, uh, excuse me, with all these full frame high resolution cameras, not crop cameras, they actually shoot sharper video in their APS-C mode, including the R5. Um, that's actually a little bit sharper in that APS-C mode because it's just easier for the camera to process that information, um, in many situations. But I think a lot of people default to full frame anyway, because it's got that, uh, it's got that nice look, which yeah, full frame look. You're, you're not always going for sharpness. A lot of the time, you're going for good color and contrast and the field of view you want and everything else. But yeah, yeah. So just so important. Moving on into what is actually on this list of stuff that's rumored, um, we have a new entry level RX camera. Is what he's thinking. Um, it's already been registered, so the announcement will be soon. I don't know if that really affects any of us but it's cool i guess um a sony 35 millimeter f 1.4 gm and uh brandon experienced uh last year some of the issues with uh sony's current sony zeiss 35 mil so are you interested in that at all
2: um no i think i'm staying with the 40 The if i were to change to a 35 it would be the sigma 35 which is a
0: one two yeah
2: yeah and it's just a beautiful lens, like image quality. It's big, really big, but I really like the Sigma one. Um, so I don't know, the Zeiss one and I don't know, like I realized the other day, or maybe I mentioned on the other podcast, but I shoot mainly with the Zeiss lenses actually. So I've four lenses right now in my bag, and I really do like my two Zeiss lenses, the baddest uh series. But when I got the uh 3514 uh Zeiss it felt like a downgrade from the Sigma like uh, like not native it had right, like the, that converter yeah. or semi-native I guess right but yeah the like semi-native
0: the, yeah
2: um and I really did like that 35 1.4 but when I got the uh Zeiss 35 what is it Distagon maybe Zeiss Distagon yeah something, that like, something
1: that,
2: yeah. like that yeah um It just had horrible chromatic aberration um it didn't seem as sharp i mean i'm really nitpicking so i'm not trying to bash it too much but it just and it didn't have the zeiss color it felt like it had kind of that weird green uh tint to it that um the zeiss uh 24 to 70 f4 that i had a while ago had and i just i don't know i returned it i actually i think i returned it with saying it was um defective but I just, yeah, I don't know. Just having flashbacks to that, so I don't yeah, know. I think yeah. I would go with the Sigma thirty-five one two.
3: Yeah, but I guess if that I,
1: your experience does show that Sony maybe did need to uh, plug that gap. Yep, yeah. uh, it was time for them to replace that lens. Yep, yeah, I agree uh, with something yeah. a little bit more. This is going to be a G Master. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And the really interesting lens that's rumored is the sixteen millimeter f one point eight G Master. That's that would be beautiful the same size as the 24 millimeter f1.4 the twenty-four yeah. one four is tiny too
3: yeah um.
0: that's going to be great that's going to be a great astral lens um i would be very excited about that because you know you finally you know you get a 16 to 35 and leave it locked on 16 a lot of times so mm. having a 16 that's small and light like that mm, that's great
1: yeah and, and 1.8 8. like
2: just I'm thinking about Sigma 16-18, which is a oh, honker of a lens. Like holy crap, that thing's big. It's probably Sigma's like biggest lens. The 14? Uh, you mean? Oh yeah, okay. I'm thinking of the 14.
0: Yeah, the oh, 14-18. Oh, yeah.
2: actually, sorry. That'll be. I'm surprised there aren't more 16 primes. Um, but yeah, 16-18 will be like a beautiful kind of middle ground.
1: Yeah. It'll also be a really great vlogging so. lens for all the people that just got their S3s. Not <laughs> jealous of those people at yeah. all. Not yeah. even 1%. Yeah. Um to- Toby's not even thinking about it. Not even. It's not even on my mind. Uh the S3 is just dead to me. A just terrible camera. <laughs> I just made some Toby people would. mad even though I'm being sarcastic. Um yeah,
2: Toby would hate having a ooh, like a prime sweep like a, a Oh, an a7s3 with the sony uh 16 millimeter 1.8 and the 2414 oh the zeiss 40 f2 um probably an 85 and the oh, zeiss
1: 85 one point uh, eight with that <whistles> image stabilization super nice all right yeah. just a couple more notations here that. at the bottom yeah. um the a7S 3 we'll get the firmware update that lets it shoot 12-bit RAW and the Sigma FE lenses uh, uh, due to autofocus bugs. The 70-200 2.8 FE uh, lens launch still delayed. Uh, more FE primes coming in 2021 from Sigma. So uh, that kind of does it. That was actually a lot of stuff we had to go through there. Yeah, a lot
0: of stuff. I... Um... I guess it's surprise. it was a lot of stuff, but I'm left kind of feeling like, well, it seems like it could be interesting. Um, none of this is surprising. I didn't see anything new. I mean, I kind of know, but I, I wonder what we're going to be surprised.
1: Um, surprised by the amount of cameras, Canon's uh, rumored to be releasing. That's five cameras plus three more um plus three more cine bodies because I might have mentioned this earlier, but the C200 Mark II is rumored for uh, April release. So that's a ton of cameras from Canon. Like Canon's doing a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, and Sony's doing a lot because I bet Sony does more than what's on this list, including the R5 or the uh, Sony Ace of an RV, should yeah. we say. Uh, just the, to clarify. Right.
0: Well, the, I mean... Sony does also randomly surprise you with uh, a long gap between cameras, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's like, Oh, Sony releases so quickly. Their release schedule so much quicker, but then they, you know, it was way long that we waited a long time for the a seven three. The S three was years over five years. Yeah. Um, and I could see the next R kind of them letting the, the current R four get very long in the tooth before actually upgrading it, so I guess it's due this year, and we talked about it, but maybe it won't come.
2: Yeah, we'll have I to think see. there's a chance it won't come. Literally, based off the fact that if they release the A93, mm-hmm. that might kind of fill that gap for a lot of people, and they might want to push that. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean it's hard to they you know make up a huge amount of sales volume in the those. Fifty five hundred to six thousand dollars cameras. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, there's not a huge volume on them, but
1: yeah, I wonder what the number actually is. It'd be in- interesting to know, like yeah. a one D X Mark three Do they sell? I could see it being like fifty thousand. I could see it being like five thousand. Like I could see it being it's anywhere like in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <it's> like, <laughs> ouch. There's twelve. It's because it's a DSLR in twenty twenty. All right, so that is kind of the outlook at 2021. Uh, you can definitely follow us on YouTube or uh, any of uh, your favorite podcasting apps, and yep. we will be uh, covering this stuff as it launches or doesn't launch, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, you can definitely uh, be looking out for those videos. It sounds like 2021 might get off to a good start for Sony here. Yeah, a-
0: yeah. I think we'll be talking about Sony in early 2021. So
1: All right uh well thank you guys so much for watching and let us know if you have any wild predictions in the comments down below or uh, i think you can also message uh summit Bit on instagram if you've got anything uh any yeah. wild predictions to make yourself we'll we'll shout you out if you get something right
0: yeah absolutely all right have a good
1: one have a good one bye, bye. peace